Welcome to 2023. That's still a little weird to say, yeah. I don't know about you, I'm glad to see 2022 gone. I mean, I, I hope you had a good one. Mine, I'm ready to close that door. See you later. Yep, alligator. Uh, and, and ready for ready for a new year. But I hope you had um, a great Christmas. I hope you had a great New Year's Eve. And I hope today will be awesome and you can start the year out well. Um, and uh, I hope you had good times with family and friends and, and celebrating the goodness of the Lord. Uh, today we're going to do just a, a message about starting the year off on the right foot um, and kind of looking at the scriptures to guide us. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we love you. We're so thankful for the gift of life. That, Lord, today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning. Today, Lord, there's, there's mercy for us. There's grace for us. There's help for us. And, Lord, I admit I need all those things. And, Lord, we just open our hearts to you. We want to receive from you today. Lord, we want more than just good ideas. We want your presence your strength, your help, your wisdom, your joy, and your blessing. And so I pray you would just meet us in these moments together, Lord. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, that uh, weather last week or whenever it was, I don't even know what day or time it is right now, so discombobulated out of my routine but you know when we had that like negative 800 degree weather? Y'all remember that? Were you here, here for that? Yeah, that was something, huh? And then 60s, this is a crazy place to live. But anyway, um, but, but when that happened, uh, you know, for those couple days, Allie came downstairs one day and she said, the upstairs bathroom, she said, the sink won't turn on. And the shower won't turn on. And I was like, oh boy. This is not good. Um, and she's like, well, you know, what, what's going on? I was like, uh, I think our pipes are frozen. Um, and this is bad news, babe. And, and she, uh, she's like, well, well what are we, we going to do? And I kind of saw that in a weird way as an opportunity to try and impress my wife. Because <laughs> as, as little as I know about that stuff, she knows even less, you know? So I was kind of like, well, you know, babe, let me pull out the schematic here of this. You got to throw in words like that, you know, and um, I'm going to get my triangulator. And, uh, and if none of that works, I, I'll just have to call somebody, uh, which was actually my only plan, you know, is just maybe cry a little bit and then call somebody. Um, but I did just say, well, let me just make sure I know where I can turn the water off in our house. Let me make sure. And... Luckily, I was able to locate that. So, but I feel like I impressed her for a moment. You know, you got to take what you can get at this stage of the game in my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Any opportunity you got to seize on it. But thankfully, thankfully, they thawed out. There's no leaks that I know. Or So praise God for that. I could see that you were very concerned for me for a minute uh, as you were laughing at me. But uh but, you know, I was thinking about that just, the, it, I kind of had this image in my mind after that, though, of just the, the valve. I know this is going to sound weird to you, but just go with me on this, you know, of just shutting the water on and off. That, that picture of that valve kind of just stuck in my mind a little bit, you know. 
Because the, the valve is not the source of the water, right? But it just, it just allows the water to, to flow to where it needs to go. It doesn't originate it, but when it's shut, it stops the water from flowing to the places that it needs to be. And as I was thinking about that, it was kind of a little bit of a picture of God's work in our lives. Because I believe that, that God is the source of all that you need this next year. He's the source of it all. It's not in you. But I believe that there are certain valves that we can either open or close and allow God's strength to either flow into our lives and help us or not. You with me on this? And so today I want to talk about opening up the valves of God's grace in our lives. What can we do this year? Because again, the grace, it's not from us. It doesn't, the water, it doesn't originate in my house. It comes from the street, but I can shut it off or I can open the channel to it. And I want to talk about how can we open the channel of new grace in our lives today. And we're going to look at this amazing passage of scripture. I absolutely love these verses. It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm going to read the, the first 13 verses to you. All right? So I need you to pay attention as I read these. Don't start drifting off. Don't start, you know, daydreaming, because these are awesome. So stick with me on this. 2 Timothy 2, here we go, verse 1. You ready? Are you excited? <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, here we go. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, just notice the passive nature of that. That's what I'm talking about. Be strengthened. Open the valve of grace. Open the channel of grace. Be, allow God to strengthen you. Well, why wouldn't I allow God to strengthen me? I don't know, but we, we do that. We close them off, right? That's what Paul's saying. Allow God, be strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus. He's the source. He's the one that all this good flows from. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. That sounds fun, doesn't it? No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. Now, there's, there's a lot of text there, but I want to just walk through this today. And I want to show you just these statements, these ideas, as ways of just being strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus. 
right? So the, Paul opens, and he basically shows us all spiritual growth is from God and by God. All spiritual growth is, is what we receive, be strengthened by the grace. So it's just opening the channel so that his grace can flow easily and efficiently in my life. See, this year, you don't need more willpower. You don't need to be something different. We just need to open our hearts more to what God wants to pour into it. You with me on this? You, what, what we need, it's not in us, and that's okay because it's in God. And God is generous. He will give you all that you need. But the challenge is, is making sure that the lever's on open and not closed. And that my heart and my life can receive it. And I think Paul walks us through what, what the, it looks like to open the channel of God's grace. And this is also a great reminder, church, that we are meant to go through this year depending on God and grateful to God for every good thing in our life. Can I just remind you one more time, all the good things in your life, all the good things in who you are, those originate from God. And, and it's good to remind yourself that it's all from him, and so I want to live with a posture of thankfulness, of gratitude, and of dependence. To say, hey, if this year's going to go in the right direction... I need more dependence on God, not less. You with me on this? I need to lean more into God, not lean more into myself in my own ways. And so let's talk about these channels of grace. Here's the first one that, that Paul talks about. He says, what, what you've heard, Timothy, and he's talking to Timothy, and Timothy's kind of his protege. Paul's this mentor figure to him. And he's saying, Timothy, what you've learned about God, share with others. These are these first couple of verses. Share with others and then teach them to share with others. See, the, the Christian faith is meant to be passed person to person. That's how, that's how God designed our faith. The, the most beautiful way that, that our faith passes is when you walk with God and you share your journey with someone else. And it helps them in their journey. You with me on this? And, and that's how it's supposed to work. Just person to person. And so Paul says, when you, Timothy, when you share your faith and when you try to be an influence for Christ on someone else, you open up the channel of grace in your own life. See, sometimes some of us, we have been a Christian for a long time. And we have not really tried to share our faith with others. And because of that, we've stunted our own growth. You with me on this? This is what, this is what Paul said. When you, when you step into that role and say, man, I want to, as, as God used other people in my life, if you're a Christian today, there's probably a handful of people that God used on the journey to get you to him. Am I right on that? If you're a Christian, I mean, maybe it was mom and dad, maybe it was a co-worker, maybe it was a pastor, whatever. But, but when I look at my life, I can think about like probably four or five people that were incredibly instrumental. And that's how God intends. And so Paul says, Timothy, I want you to be that in someone's story. 
And when you're that in someone's story, you're opening the channel of grace in your life. And you might be like, well, I feel so unprepared to, to help someone in their faith journey. Well, can I remind you, everything you need comes from God. Right? You don't have to know everything. You don't have to, you don't have to be at a certain point of Christian maturity. Church, can I tell you, none of us have arrived. Did you hear that? Not, and you're never going to arrive. If you're waiting till you're at some level of Christianity before you start sharing Christ with others, guess what? That day will never come. Because there's always a reason not to. There's always a reason why you're, you're not prepared, you're not good enough, you're not spiritual enough. But you know what? All those are are lies and excuses. Because here's what happens. You go to share your faith, you just open the valve. And what you need will come from God. You with me on this? And you will grow. And God will grow some other people's faith around you. Now let me say one more thing about that, and then I'll move on. But here's the one thing. If you're like, man, how, how do I even begin to do this? <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I got still getting over a cold. So if I hack up and stuff through the sermon, just <laughs> give me a lot of grace this morning. It's hard to preach when you have a cold. I don't know if you've ever done that, but <clears throat> I don't recommend it. Um, but if you, if you think like, where do, where do I begin? Today, maybe you're thinking like, I, I do want to share my faith this year. It, let me give some of you a beginning point. If you hold the title of mom or dad, do you know where the perfect place to begin discipling people is your home? Does that make sense? And again, you're, you might be like, uh, you know, I'm not prepared for these conversations. You're more prepared than you know. You just have them. And, and trust that God will meet you in them. Start where you can start, you know? Son or daughter, hey, like, what, what do you think about God? And can I also just throw this out? This might be helpful. If your sons or daughters are at a stage in their life where they are anti-God, where maybe you open the conversation and it's your worst fear, they're like, I don't even know if I believe in God, I don't like this. Here's what I want to encourage you. Don't freak out, all right? Here's what you do instead. Just get curious. And just say, okay, well, well, why? Because here's what you want to create in our homes. You want your kids to be able to process their deepest, darkest thoughts about faith with you. Right? Who else do you want to trust that to? I don't want to trust that to someone else. Because no one loves them as much as you do. No one is invested in their faith as much as you do. So here's what you need to just make sure you do. Always create a safe spot. Let them process their doubts. Hey, when you were 18 or in your 20s or 12, you didn't have it all figured out, right? But God still did his good. Yeah, some of you are like, yeah, Chad, you have no idea. Yeah, we're still. When you were 30 and 40, do I need to keep going? Right, church? But, but home has to be that safe place. Hey, even if, you're, even if you're freaking out on the inside, don't show it. Be like, be calm, cool, and collected. Make sure you tell your face, too. And you know what? You can freak out alone in the garage, all right? 
but, but they need to know, they need to know, hey, and you know what? You can work through it, and God's in that. God's big enough to handle all that, church. But that's a good place to start. You with me on that? Let's talk about the second one. Then Paul says this. You'll like this one even better. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Can, can I just point out that it says soldier? And those who are in the military, you, you know that God loves the army more, most of all. <laughs> it, says, it says soldier. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry, everybody, David. That's a little army joke I have to throw in there. Um, but they're, not all soldiers suffer. The ones who don't, we call officers. <laughs> Just a little. Anyway. All right. Anyway, sharing suffering. You guys are getting me off track. Sharing suffering as a good soldier. This is one, I've been thinking a lot about that. Because I really believe that suffering is a huge pathway to God's grace. And and God always uses suffering in redemptive ways. Now, the big suffering in our life, many of us have seen and, and met God in those moments, and it's been hard, but it's been transforming. But I want to think about the micro-suffering of life, too. The, the day-to-day, the, the little things. I, when one of my, my prayers from this verse is that I want to ask God, to increase my capacity to suffer. And that's kind of a really scary prayer to pray, isn't it? But I think there's a lot of grace in it. Because isn't a lot of life, a lot of the good that we want and that we need is on the other end of suffering, right? It's, it's, a, it's a bit of suffering to wake up early when you're tired and maybe, you know, the kids didn't go down when they needed to or you had to work really late, but you get up anyway and you pray and you read the scripture or you, you work out, you kind of have this whole rhythm. Like, you have to enter some suffering to do that, but what is the outcome? The outcome is a way healthier life, right, church? If, if we cannot suffer well, we cannot get the best that God wants for your life and my life. See, how easy is it to discourage you? Are we people that get discouraged really, really easy? Like the little thing goes wrong and we're, we throw our hands up and we're like, I give up. Well, if that's where we're at, we're never going to be able to reach what God wants for our life. Because guess what? A lot of it requires endurance, and perseverance. If we love the easy road, we'll never get God's best for our life. And all of life is training us to love the easy road, right? All of our life trains us for that. And and we've got to have, allow God to help us develop this capacity to suffer. And so think about, think, think about praying about that. I'm not going to ask you to pray about it because it's a scary prayer, but think about praying anyway. Sharing suffering like a good soldier. And then he kind of goes on with that theme, and he says um, that no one who's enlisted, they're not, they're not try- getting entangled in civilian affairs, but they are trying to please the one who enlisted them. And what does this mean? It means focus on pleasing God. Focus 
on pleasing God. See, what he's saying is that, that when you're in the, the military, you have to do what your commander tells you, the person above you tells you. You, you can't get caught up in all the other business of life because that's exactly what you're there for. And you got to follow those commands. And Paul's saying, as you follow God this year, you've got to focus on what your heavenly commander is telling you and follow that and not get caught up in the distractions and entanglements of life. See, I believe, church, our spiritual life is not usually depleted through one or two big things. I believe we get spiritually depleted. It's death by a thousand cuts. It's all the little stuff. It's, it's like this word entanglement, you know. I think about just sort of like a bunch of little ropes around, you know. It's not just kind of one big thing holding you down, but it's, it's the culmination of all the little things. And eventually they, they weigh on us and they restrict us and they keep us from being able to focus on what God has for us. You with me on this? And Paul says, Paul says you, you need to disentangle yourself from the things that are distracting you and draining your capacity for God. And when you think about what that looks like in your life, there might be some things that, that come to your mind. I mean, how much time do we waste just scrolling? That entangles us, doesn't it? I mean, if that time and focus was redeemed for something healthy, that would be really powerful, wouldn't it? And here's what I want to ask you to do today based on this, is take a minute. And this year, ask God, just ask him flat out, God, what do you want me to focus on this year? I believe God will tell you. I don't think God wants to make himself uh, really hard to be known and heard and understood in our life. I think just, again, we don't always take the time to just truly ask him. I remember um, years ago, I think I was still in high school at this time, but, but we were kind of in a season where the church was, um, we were doing this series called Defining a Lifestyle. And in the series, it was all kind of based on this idea of like, hey, start with what God wants for your life and work backwards from there. And so one of the challenges was kind of just do this. Take some time, pray, ask God what he wants you to focus on this year. And I remember doing that. And I got a notebook out, and I, you know, was in my room alone and quiet, and I was just like, God, what do you want me to do? And I was expecting, like, something kind of grand, you know? Like, something really cool, you know? Like, sell all that you own, which was probably like a PlayStation and a pair of shoes, and that wouldn't have been that hard, um, and, and go, you know, do this or that. I was expecting something really, you know, big, but instead what I felt, I didn't hear any voices or anything like that, but just kind of an impression on my mind that I thought was from God was just, Chet, read the Bible every day. And I wrote it down. I'm like, okay, read the Bible every day. All right, Lord, what else? Because I'm, I'm ready for more. I'm primed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the bull by the horns, you know. This isn't just your, your average soldier for Christ here. Just come on, give me the good stuff. And I felt like 
the Lord's saying, that's it. That's it. Just do that. And, and it didn't seem like, I was like, well, I, I thought my capacity was maybe for more than that. I mean, looking back, it certainly wasn't. But that was, you know, that tends to, there's always a little cognitive dissonance in my mind with my capacity and reality. But anyway, um, but, but I did focus on that, that year. And, and that year, it built that habit into my life. And I wasn't reading like pages and pages of the Bible. I mean, someday I might have just read like one verse, which you could read in like a second, you know? But, but I did it every day. I built it. And I didn't realize at the time that that habit would be the catalyst for the rest of my life up until today. Like, I didn't realize that that, that small beginning was God in his genius knew exactly what, because it became the place where growth and breakthrough and learning and all that God had for me, that was the beginning of it. I couldn't see all that, but God gave me the focus, and it was exactly what I needed. And so all I'm saying today is that I believe God will help you to key in on in this time in your life what you need to key in on. If you will ask him. And then just do what he says. That's it. Do what he says. Trust him. Whether it makes sense to you or not. Then Paul changes metaphors after this. So he's done talking about the soldier. And now he talks about the athlete. And he says the athlete can only win if they compete according to the rules. Right? The, the fisherman can only win if the fish actually weighs the amount, and it doesn't have, y'all see that? I mean, and fishing, come on. Dude, that's just like, I am so embarrassed for those guys. It's, I mean, like, it's fishing. Anyway, but, but we all know, I mean, sports is riddled with all kinds of creative ways to, to cheat the system. Deflate gate, you remember that? <laughs> One of my favorites. Um, there's all kinds of ways. And obviously when there is large amounts of money and, you know, career-defining things, the temptation to cheat and all that, I'm sure, goes way up. But, but what is Paul saying to us today? Here's what I took from it. Don't look for shortcuts in life. I don't know about you, but every time I take a shortcut, it makes things worse. Anyone else? Do it right the first time, and it will work out better, right? But isn't there such a temptation in life? We always want the quick and the easy fix. But the reality is so much of life is about, as Eugene Peterson, I love this line, he says, long obedience in the same direction. Church, we don't need quick fixes this year. Do what you know is right, what God is asking you to do. Put your head down and keep going forward, and you'll be right where you need to be, right? We don't got to compare our lives with everyone else. I think that's part of the appeal that, that we have for, uh, for shortcuts. As you and I, we're not just thinking about our life in God. I'm thinking about my life in God, but then I'm thinking about your life in God because I see you on Instagram, and it looks pretty good. And then we see this person and that person. And so all of a sudden, our measurement for life is not coming from God of the pace that he has for us, 
but it's coming from the people that we're judging our normal life from, from their highlight reel, right? They're not showing you the day that they hated. They're showing you their only trip in 15 years, you know, to Europe, and you think that's like normal life for them. And so we're all out of whack, church, in what God is actually asking of us. And some of us, we, we're, we're frustrated with, with where we're at because we're comparing it to the wrong thing. You with me on this? You don't need to worry about the blessing, the direction, the pace of everyone else's life. You know, all we need to focus on is just say, Lord, what do you have for me? If, if you want me to, to grow at this pace, then that's the pace I need to keep, and I don't need to worry about anything else. You with me on this? I don't need a shortcut because I'm on track with God. I don't need to compete with the people around me because at the end of the day, God isn't going to say, hey, let's judge how you did by looking at your peers. God's going to say, let's look at how you did by the potential that I've given you. And each of our potential is different. And all that matters is living the life according to the potential he's given each one of us. And then Paul changes the metaphor one more time. He says the hard-working farmer deserves the first share of the crops. Now, many of you know I've spent a lot of my life farming. And, yeah. And, Giovanni, you had a farm, didn't you? Yeah. Maybe we'll do one together. Yeah. Um, but, no. But I, farmers work hard, right? That's kind of, like you got to... You have to get up early. I know some of you know what that's actually like. I just read about it and watch movies. But, uh, but that's some serious work. And, you know, a farmer, they don't clock in. And they're like, all right, you know, it's uh, 7.59, clink. You know, I don't know if anyone clocks in anymore, but you remember those things? Um, you know, cha-ching, whatever. And they don't, like, do it, and then it's, you know, 8 o'clock, I'm here to work, and then 4 o'clock, clock back out, and I'm done, right? If you're a farmer, you're done when the job is done, <laughs> right? And maybe you got a couple-hour day, maybe you've got a couple weeks, but, but you, you just do what needs to be done. That's it. And, and they're hardworking. And, but Paul says there's reward in hard work. There's reward in it. And the farmer should be the first one to enjoy that hard work. You know, to, to eat some of that produce, to whatever, have some of that, that fresh meat. I don't know, all that <laughs> stuff. Um, that should be, they, they should be the, the first ones to enjoy it. But he's saying that there's reward in hard work. Now, what does that mean for us? I think it just means this. Man, work hard. And trust God will reward the efforts. I think one of the, the things that we tell ourselves is, is life would be better with less hard work. Years ago, I read a book by Tim Ferriss called The Four-Hour Workweek. Four hour. One, two, three, four. It's like, I could get behind that. Four-hour workweek. And it was, you know, and it's a cool idea, you know. Work four hours, you know. I might spread that over three days, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Um, 
it's a, it's a compelling idea. But I don't know that it's really how God designed us. Here's what I find in my own life. Slacking off does not bring out the best in me. You give me too much free time, I'm finding a way into sin. <laughs> Anybody else? I'll just be honest. Like, I think God's like, I need to keep you busy. Because when you're not, bad things happen. That's, that's just how I am. And, and I believe that, that God, God wants us to put effort in to whatever he's calling us to. And he says there's reward in it. There's reward in it. You, you will find blessing in it. And I believe that much of what, what God wants to happen in our lives comes through hard work. Now, as Christians, we talk about grace all the time, and we're like, anti-works, anti-works, you know? No, you don't work your way to God. You don't perform your way to God. And that's right. Grace is opposed to works. It's not opposed to effort. Did you hear that? Yes, you do not work your way to God, and don't hear me for a second saying that. But grace does not mean we then slack off in the rest of our life. Grace means because we are free from the weight of our sin and shame, we have more energy to work hard in what matters in this life. You with me on this, church? A lazy Christian is not a pretty sight, right? And I think if you are a follower of Christ, and the people that we work with know that, they should see a godly work ethic in us, right? That, that, is, a, that is a good representation of Jesus Christ, and there's blessing in it. And Paul says, a good harvest comes from hard work. It's that simple. Some of the blessings that God has for your life and my life, guess what is going to unlock them? Hard work. That's it. If you want to grow spiritually, remember, spirituality, it's not magic. I say a spell and everything's great. I say a spell and now I'm spiritual and mature. No, it takes hard work. I don't understand the Bible right now. I guess, uh, I guess I'm just not cut out to read it. No, maybe you just need to work hard trying to understand it. And you'll grow and you'll get there and you'll reap a harvest. You with me on this, church? There's value in it. And then, then Paul says, think over what I'm saying and God will give you understanding. Here's another channel of grace to open, and I've already kind of hit it, but let me keep beating this horse to make sure it's absolutely dead today. <laughs> Reflect on Scripture and ask God to give you understanding. I want to encourage you today, if, you, if you've never in your walk with God, or maybe you're exploring a relationship with God today, wherever you're at, if, if you have not really personally, on your own time, sought out the scriptures, opened the Bible, and just read it and tried to learn and understand, man, make that a goal this year. Church, there's so many helps to do it. version app is amazing. 
You can, you can do it. it. It can fit in your schedule, whatever. That, there's no excuses. You can do it. And, and I'm telling you, it will be life-giving. You're opening the channel of grace. I really am, church, I am amazed again and again of how God shows up in my life when I sit down and I open the scripture and I just read. And I just say, God, I want to hear your voice. And church, it's just time and time again. It's not every day that there's breakthrough. It's not every day that there's absolute clarity, but it's always when I need it. And when the habit is in place, it allows those moments to be more natural. You with me on this? And, and that's what I want for you. Reflect on scripture. Also, let me add to that, reflect on your life. Don't be so busy living life that you never step back and detach and look at your life and say, is this all what I want? Is this all going the right direction? Is this balanced in the right way? That takes reflection. Plato said the unexamined life is not worth living. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. That we, we reflection, reflection is one of the greatest catalysts to learning in this life. You know, just sit back and just ask yourself questions. Man, what's going well in my life? Because otherwise, church, we're, we're living life blind. We're just, we're, we're driving, but we're never looking down the road. And so, you know, we can easily be on the wrong road and driving really fast because we haven't taken a step back and look and say, is this the destination I want to actually go to? Is this, is this God's best for me? Is this, you know, why isn't this working? Or what's, what's going well over here that I need to pour more energy into? It's a powerful thing, church, that God gives us. So let's use it. And it opens up the channel of grace. That's one of the reasons I really believe in journaling. I don't journal every day, but maybe a couple times during the week. But every time I do, it does help me. For me, kind of getting my thoughts and what's happening in life on paper, it helps me to see it a little more objectively. Because in here, it's all emotional. It's all intensified. It's all confused. But when I get it out of here and onto paper, I can think about my life differently. And I feel like that's been helpful. So reflect. And then last one, number seven. Remember Jesus Christ, Paul says. Remember Jesus Christ. What does it mean? Remember, it all comes from him. Today, church, you don't have to figure this year all out. You don't have to get it all right. You have a great Lord that will help you, that will walk with you, that has the, the strength and power in grace that you need. And we've got to keep reminding ourselves, we're not in this alone. You're not in this alone. He's with you. He'll help you. The grace is there. Maybe, maybe some of us, maybe there's some valves that are closed today. 
And the Lord's saying, it's right there. It's bubbling up. Just open the valve and let my help and my strength and my love flow into your heart and into your life. Paul says, if we die with him, we will live with him. There's some things I need to die to this year. How about you? Pride, ego, self-sufficiency. Those are just some off the top of my head. But we all have things we need to die to today, right? This year. But the good news is, with Christ, when I die to those things, I'm not taking away life. I'm actually adding life because now I can live with him in a deeper way. Paul says, we die with him, we'll live with him. He said, if we endure, we will reign with him. How cool is that? Your challenges aren't meaningless. Your suffering isn't purposeless. Man, you can know your deepest pain. If you endure with Christ, he says, you will reign with me. It won't go unnoticed. And get this, it won't go unrewarded. You know, when there's a purpose to something, it's a lot easier to endure. We're a lot more capable to endure. And Paul says, if we endure, we'll reign with him. He won't leave you hanging. If we deny him, he will deny us. If you close the valve, there's no help for you. So don't do that. If we say, no, I got it, it's not, that's how we deny Christ, is doing it on our own, doing it in our own ability. But if we don't do that, he'll walk with us. And if we are unfaithful, I love this one, he remains faithful. You're not going to bat a thousand this year, but God's not going to abandon you when you strike out. It's going to happen. But he will remain faithful to you and to me. So I just want you to think for a moment. If you had to pick a word for 2022 of what that year felt like and was like for you, I want you to think in your mind what that word might be. Maybe it's a phrase. The phrase that comes to my mind is dumpster fire. Anyone else get behind that one? I don't know. That's just how I feel. Hopefully yours is brighter than that um, and better than that. But I want you to think about what, what this year has felt and looked like and been like. Now, if your year, if you're coming off some pain and you're coming off some challenge and you're coming off, you know, some heavy things, you know, it can be hard to enter the new year well. Because it's kind of like going up to a pool and you're just like, kind of like trying to put your toe in, but you're afraid. You know, and you're like, I just, I'm not ready to, I just don't know what's ahead. I don't like what's behind me. And it's not really making me feel good for what's ahead of me. And, and it can put us in this, this anxious and pained place of mind. And I get that. And we've all been there. And some of us, maybe it's just been such a tough couple years that we think the only thing I can count on in the new year is disappointment and struggle. Like, I can't count on anything else. 
But today, I just want to give you a little bit of hope. Because here's what I think you can count on more than anything else. You can count on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ to you. I can't count on my faithfulness to him. I can't count on everything, career, health, life, relationships, going exactly the way that I want and hope. I can't count on all that. But I can count on Jesus Christ faithfully helping me, guiding me, loving me, strengthening me for all that's ahead. Church, and if you have that, you're good. If you have that, you can walk into this year with hope. You can leave these doors and you can hold your head high and say, Lord, let's go. Let's start. Let's shake off the past and let's move forward to what you have. Because church, you can count that he will be faithful to you. He will not forsake you. Circumstances will forsake you. He won't. Economies will do their thing up and down and all over the place, but he will remain steadfast. And Paul says, remember that. Don't forget that. When the year gets, gets hairy and it gets difficult and it gets confusing, go back to that foundation. And let's start this year trusting most, not in our capacity to change our lives or capacity for other people to change this world, but let's leave today saying, you know what? I'm going to trust in the capacity of Jesus Christ to be who he says he is and to do all that he said he'll do. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you again for the gift of a new year and for the gift of new life. Father, today is a precious day. It is a holy day. It is a new beginning. And Father, I just pray a special prayer for any of us that are limping into this new year from the pain of 2022. I pray, Lord, that you would make their burden lighter right now. For those of us who are going into the new year with trepidation, with fear, with shame, I pray you would free us through your loving presence. Father, with those of us going in with joy, I pray our joy would be anchored, not in all the good things that happened. I pray we'd celebrate those, but more than that, we would celebrate the love that you have for us. And I pray each of us, Lord, could open the channels of grace in our hearts. And this year, we would find more grace for every part of our lives. And we ask this all through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Church, if you could please stand one more time to sing with us.